Good morning, entrepreneurs and small business owners. I'm Steve Krause, and today, uh, well, let's go back to last week real quick. Last week, we talked uh, about the importance of cash in your small business, uh, and I might have left you with the impression thinking that maybe cash was more important than profit. And honestly, it probably is, but there are, but the two are directly related. And so when you talk business, the word profit is almost always in the air, but what do we, do we really understand profitability? So let's get profitable. It's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. I'm Stephen Krause, and this is Up and to the Right, the no-nonsense live stream, where we blend your passion with proven business principles and practical action. This isn't about buzzwords or short-term trends. This is about taking those proven business principles, such as profitability, and applying them in ways that allow you to move your business forward. So, uh, let's, uh, this is gonna be episode 47, Principles of Profit in Small Business, and this is the last of a six episode series on the principles of business. And so, uh, the, the idea of these was to kind of get down to what is the core, what are the core fundamental things that we really need to be worried about in business and, and what is a business principle and how do we identify those in a way um, that's useful to us? Um, you know, what not, not in some kind of 30,000 foot view that doesn't help us on the street, but what really can we get out of these business principles? So uh, just as a reminder, what when I defined a business principle, I decided that it needed to be universally applicable to all businesses. And it had to be fundamental. It had to be something that you had to build on, um, you know, part of the foundation on which you would build a business. So it, it, it isn't something, uh, that's transitional, that is a tactic, uh, like a marketing strategy or something that would take, uh, that would go for a, a period of time and, and end. It would be it's something that always has to be around for you to operate a successful business. And, uh, so I think, uh, and, and profit is probably the, the easiest one to defend in that category. It's still a very high bar in terms of what does it take to really be a business principle, but profitability is something that everybody talks about. We're always um, thinking of it when someone, once you get to know a business owner well enough to ask the questions about their business, you know, are you profitable? It's a question that comes up. If you're talking to a, an investor or a banker or something like that, profitability always comes up. And so it's a commonly discussed topic, but do we really understand uh, what it means? So why is profit a business principle. Uh, well, we use cash to fuel our business as we talked about in episode 46 last week. Uh, but, but profit is a critical measure of the potential increase or decrease in cash. So profit is, is a measurement tool. It's not a thing. It's a, it's a measurement of the accounts in a business the income and expense accounts. And uh, so all business models have to have profit uh, or find a path to profit. Uh, it validates the success of your business. 
for outside parties. And except in rare cases, profitability has a direct correlation with increasing cash or decreasing cash, depending on, on the direction of your profitability. So that's why I believe profitability is universally applicable to all businesses and fundamental because without profitability, you don't have long-term cash growth and without long-term cash, you can't operate a business. Um, so I want to, I want to take, before we dig into profitability specifically for, for profit businesses, I want to talk briefly about a nonprofit scenario. Um, is a nonprofit exempt from worrying about profit? And I obviously from an accounting perspective, yeah, because they're nonprofit. But if you think about the fundamental importance of, of what profit represents, not the money, but the, the, the value, um, I think we'll find that nonprofits are not exempt. They're just different. Uh, nonprofits have to demonstrate sufficient product value in terms of, let's say social impact, um, to find customers, donors, and the profit is not financial. It's the cumulative value of the impact versus the value that the donors would have had on their own. So a donor has to believe that the value that they're giving to a nonprofit is going to be more valuable combined with other people's money in the nonprofit than it would be if the donor just used that money to save as much of the beach as they could by themselves. So there's, there's a cumulative value that is greater than the sum of its parts. And that is the profit for a nonprofit organization. So they're not exempt. It's just that you have to understand the value of profit a little bit differently in terms of, and, and using the word profit this way becomes a little bit uh, confusing because we talk about the accounting term of profit versus the beneficial aspects of profit. Uh, the, how we profit from a nonprofit organization. And so I understand the terminology is a little confusing, but I think you understand the point is that the value, the cumulative value of the, of the donors is in, is, is more effective as a single entity than it is as a, as a, a bunch of different people uh, trying to do the same thing. And that's why nonprofits still have a, the concept of benefit and profit that they have to work on uh, in order to stay relevant. So, all right, let's get back to profit to for-profit businesses here. So we, the first thing I want to talk about is profit is often maligned and, and that is, um, uh, honestly not helpful. Um, we, we have to get okay with being profitable as business owners. Um, so that's the first thing we have to have profit and we're going to talk about why. Um, so I talked about earlier that cash does not equal profit, but in most cases, profit is a good indicator of cash direction. And that's what we care about in business is the direction of our cash. So that's one reason why we care about profit. Another reason we have to care about profit is that it's the standard unit of measure for outside entities. 
if you go to a bank and you want a loan, they're going to want to look at your P&L for a certain period of time and they're going to decide, they're going to look at whether or not you're profitable. Yes, they can probably say no based on whether or not you're profitable, but they probably won't say yes just looking at your P&L statements. That that's the first barrier. But then they're going to dig into why were you profitable, depending on how much money you're looking for, right? Same thing goes with investors. Um, in order to even get past the first tier questions with investors, are you profitable or do you have a path to profitability? That's going to be critical. So the, um, uh, the next, so we need to understand profit as a unit of measure. Uh, and it's a semi-objective unit of measure, but it's, it's universal. People use it all the time to evaluate businesses. We use profit to generate cash to pay down debt, uh, to generate cash for emergency funds, uh, which right now, of course, during, uh, you know, the, the pandemic, having an emergency fund is, is near and dear to a lot of people. Uh, uh, how do we fund growth? We fund growth with the cash that comes from profit. So if you need new equipment, you need to hire personnel, you uh, need to have a locate a new location or facility, or you need to upgrade your facility. All of those things come from the ability to create profit, which generates cash. Uh, and then the cost of, of customer acquisition. So if you're trying to grow, you need to be able to market and advertise in a way that's meaningful to your customer base so that they will find out about you or find out about the, the differentiation between you and your, and your uh, competitors. So that's the next thing is how do we fund growth? Uh, and that's through profit. How do we, uh, uh, how do you value a business when you go to exit as an owner? Profitability is a huge factor in the saleability of a business and the valuation of a business. So as owners, we care about profitability because if you, if you just look at cash, you could say, well, actually I should, uh, make sure that, that I'm spending the money in, in that the cash that I bring in, in a way that, uh, or I'm, I'm, uh, organizing my business so that I minimize profit, you know, that I'm always investing in new things and, 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 uh, taking those expenses. So I minimize profit. And from my, uh, if you only look at cash uh, and you still maintain positive cash, having as little profit as possible has tax benefits. But when you go to sell the business, having 1% profit for the entire time that you ran a business is not necessarily a great way to demonstrate value to a potential buyer. So there's consequences um, from the valuation perspective when it comes to selling your business of having a low profit. So having profit is important for that. Then we look at owner return. So business owners work hard. Most business owners work very hard. And most of us don't drive fancy cars and live in fancy houses. We have, um, uh, so, but the owner return has to be there. If it's not there, there's no point in doing the work that it takes to be a small business owner. It's way easier to work for somebody else and let them worry about 99% of the stuff and you focus on one thing that you do well. So um, there has to be a, a benefit for owners. 
and that comes from the, the cash generated by profit. Increased working capital. So the more cash you have on hand, the more flexible uh, your or the more flexibility you're going to have when you're uh, working with things like vendor payments, um, prepaying expenses to get a discount, taking advantage of bulk buying. All of those things can happen and improve your business if you have cash flow that comes from profit. And then finally, um, profitable businesses have more money for charitable giving. So that's um, another important thing. So as we as we become more and more aware of the social impact that we can have, whatever your uh, whatever social uh, or environmental or whatever issues that uh, are a concern to you as a business owner, you can have more impact on those things the more profitable your business is because the more flexibility you have in how you, you share that wealth. So those are the, those are the pieces that go into uh, uh, why we should really be looking for profit and be proud of the profit that we make. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, that part of your brain right now that's thinking about what about egregious profit. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But right now I want you to understand that profit is good. It is important. It's critical to your business. And if you're making profit, you need to be proud of that. And if you're not, you should be finding a way to make it. And we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later as well. So those are important factors. The next thing I want to talk about is, or those are the things we care about when it, or, or the benefits of profit. The next thing I want to talk about is the, the factors that affect, that put pressure on profit. And so, uh, the, the downward pressures, the things that push down on our profitability, so decrease the profitability, are going to be your competitive landscape and, uh, and your customer expectations. So what is your customer willing to pay for a product? That's going to put pressure, usually negative pressure, on, on your, your profitability. And competitive landscape, meaning how many competitors are in your area, what, what are they like? that usually puts negative pressure on your profitability. Uh, meaning they're trying to, those factors are trying to push down the profitability of your product. On the other side of that though, there are upward pressures that are trying to force profitability up. And those things can be growth funding. Like I talked about earlier, the things it takes to increase uh, the business, equipment, uh, personnel, location, uh, customer acquisition, all of those things have an upward pressure on profit. They want profit to go up because we need the cash. Operating costs, you know, the things that we actually have to pay every day to keep our business open, to keep our doors open, that puts an upward pressure on cost, on, on profitability. Um, owner return and benefit, like I just talked about, it's not worth it if we're not benefiting from our business. That puts upward pressure on profitability. Uh, and, uh, then savings and emergency planning, another thing that pushes pushes up on 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 the profitability equation. Now these things are not uh, always equal or anything like that, but they they're just forces that you need to understand put pressure on your profit. So I think it's it's important to understand those things so that you can um, realize that it isn't just uh, 
I, I guess one of the things I want to touch on real quick is that profitability, it's easy to think of profitability as a number, as that measure, as, as revenue minus expense, and that's profit. And why are we even talking about this anymore? But it's not just about that. Profit is, a, is, is, and this is why it's a business principle, is because the concept of profitability has so many ramifications uh, with our business and in our business, um, and so many factors that apply to it, that it's important to understand those things and understand that it's not just a number on, the, on, a, on a document, on a, on a report. So, all right, let's, let's go into that question of, of ethics. So what are the ethical questions that we have when it comes to, to profitability? Now, I touched on this a little bit uh, in the episode about adding value. Uh, and, and the question is, is there a product or, or are, is your product easily replaceable with an economic solution? And my example that, that week was, you know, it, the, the Timex Rolex, um, comparison. So is it okay ethically for Rolex to charge whatever they want for a watch? In my book, absolutely. They can charge whatever they want for the watch because there's an economical solution in a Timex or some other timepiece that if I need a watch, I can get one. And so it, it makes no difference. Um, and, and if I don't value the luxury level of, of the Rolex example or the Rolex product, I'm not, I'm not beholden to that. I don't have to get it. I have an economical solution, a Timex or, or whatever. Right. And at these day and these days, maybe just your phone. Right. But but that's the, the kind of the rationale I use is if, is there an economical alternative to your product and are you differentiated by something else? In which case profit all you want. Um, if not, and, and then I do think there's a moral question you have to answer. Um, are you selling uh, food? And I'm not talking about caviar or something like that. I'm talking about just, uh, staples, you know, we have to have a, uh, there's concerns there. If you're, if you're providing a staple, there is an ethical question you have to answer. And what you find is that through both competition and honestly, uh, our cultural understanding of, of that exact concept, grocery stores are very low margin. That's just, part of the nature of that. So they have to move a lot of product to make money. Um, and, uh, another one is medical care. This one is constantly, uh, you know, there's a constant battle over, over the cost of medical care. Uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding about the cost of medical care, and I'm, I'm not going to get into that today either. So I'm not suggesting that, that medical care providers are, are egregious. What I'm saying is that is an example that people come up with, um, in terms of, how they feel about uh, an industry charging a certain price for a product. Uh, and there is, in, from my perspective, there is an ethical question when you're providing medical care, uh, you know, how much do you provide or how much do you charge? What, how much profit is enough in a for-profit medical care situation? Um, 
and that that's a, a moving target. You know, that as our our, our culture m- continues to grow and evolve and and learn, we have to figure out what that number means to us, or what what that what that particular example means to us. And I'm not going to go into that anymore, but the example is there. Um, things that people have to have, um, that there is no economical solution for or economical alternative for, you have to ask the question at least and say, okay, what, um, and kind of the way to look at it is, am I, is, is there a point where the business model is hurting employees, customers, vendors, um, really anybody in the economic environment, um, and then reconsider the business model if that's the case. And, and I think it's important to understand something here. This is not always um, an issue of, oh, I'm planning to make these people suffer so that I can drive a fancier car. Sometimes uh, it's, you know, the, the old analogy of boiling a, a frog you you make small decisions and small decisions and small decisions and and end up in a place where you you wake up one morning and go hey my business model is probably not what it needs to be and at that point you know if you need to feel bad about it for an hour that's fine you know do what you got to do but then go back and rethink what you're doing and just say okay let's look at the business model and say all right we're we're really We've identified that we're being unfair to this group of people, whatever that is. Maybe you're, you have a, uh, maybe we have a policy that's not helpful for employees and, and we need to address that. Or maybe our pricing has crept up to the point where uh, people are still paying it, but, but they pay it because they have to. Uh, and we have some room that we could go, okay, we, we are making enough money. We need to back off on that. It's just a question that needs to be asked. And, um, again, I, if you find yourself in that situation, don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be the one to tell you to feel bad about it. I'm going to say, okay, let's, if you're, if you're in there, fix it. That's all. Just fix it. It's, it's not a, uh, we don't have to make a big deal out of it. So, uh, so that's, to me, that's the ethical question involved is, is, is there something that's easily replaceable with something, you know, cheap, then go to town. If it's not structure your business so that you can, you can be profitable and continue to operate, but be reasonable and fair and ethical within the, in, in the guidelines that you feel good about. All right. So what about service-based businesses? Is it, is it okay for a service-based business to, to make a hundred percent profit? Well, what I would say about that is if you're, if you, if you think you're making a hundred percent profit and you're a service-based business, you're probably not paying yourself, which means that, and, and if you started paying yourself, you would probably find that you're not making a hundred percent profit. And the important thing is there is to, to shift your accounting and talk to your accountant and say, uh, you know, we need to adjust this. So I'm paying myself. Uh, a salary so that I understand the profitability of my business. And, and that's not arbitrary. You can find what a competitive salary is for what you do and then pay yourself that salary. And, uh, and, and then you can establish the profitability of your business straight off of your P and L your profit and loss statement. So 
Uh, Service-based businesses aren't exempt and there are always expenses. And, and sometimes, you know, if we're, if you're uh, a solopreneur working from home, it's easy to say, well, I'm hundred percent profitable because I don't have any expenses, but you do use your internet for zoom calls right now or other web video conferencing. You do uh, use uh, gas to travel to uh, customer sites or whatever that, whatever it is that you do. And you do spend your time invested in that and the business benefits, which means you should be paid. And if you're not getting paid, then your books don't reflect the profitability of your business. And that's so service-based businesses still, the whole thing still applies a hundred percent. All right. So let's, uh, let's take all of this and wrap it up into how can we, we understand, you know, these fundamentals now, what makes, uh, or what can we do from a practical perspective to, uh, uh, use the concepts of profitability in our business on a regular basis. So, uh, the first thing, uh, the, or group of things is the using profitability as a tool for business testing. Um, you can change the product price to test a market and that affects your profitability. So you can use, uh, profit in that way. You can change product pay, product price and profitability to engage a specific demographic. So you can increase price and generally speaking, you'll reduce your overall customer base as you increase price. Um, and in theory have higher value customers, but there'll be fewer of them on the opposite side of that. You can decrease price to, to create a, a wider customer base. Uh, but they're each going to be worth, uh, they're going to have less value, uh, less transactional value to your business on an individual basis. Um, you can use profitability in product development. And I strongly recommend that you do, uh, anytime you're developing a product, you need to understand, you need to design it for the profit margin that your business requires. So if you are, uh, developing a product and let's just use easy numbers, let's say you want 50% product, uh, 50% gross margin, uh, then you need to understand what the target selling price can be and how much that product can cost you to get out the door, not just the parts, but parts, testing, packaging, shipping, whatever, uh, expenses go into. And honestly, inventory storage costs need to, to, to kind of get factored into that as well. Um, in the product development side, you might not recognize the, the inventory storage costs as part of cost of goods. And we don't need to go into that right now. You can talk to your accountant about it if it matters, but um, but the cost of, of all of that needs to go into the development so that you understand the profitability of a product before you ever, ever launch it. So designing a product and then pricing it to sell can be disastrous. So we want to price the product and then design it to be profitable. And so we use profit in the product development cycle or the product development process to make sure that we have the profit margin that we need for our business. Um, and, and that includes both tangible products and service-based products. 
So um, it as service-based providers, it's really easy to overestimate how much of our time or underestimate how much time a service is going to take us or our coworkers to provide. And therefore, again, you go right back to underpricing it, right? Or delivering more value than you can really afford. So having that as part of your product development process saying, what can I sell this for? Or what, this is the price that it's worth having this product in my portfolio. If I can't sell it for this, that doesn't make it a bad product. It means it's not appropriate for your portfolio because of the margins that you require, the profit that you require to do your business. That's it. That's okay. Um, but it is important to understand. So, um, and that's a practical thing that we can do every day when you're doing product development or you're doing market testing, you're using profit or you should be using profit to, uh, to manage those or to, to, as a guidepost in those activities. So the next thing is watching your PNL. Um, and, and I've talked about this before. It's very important to be aware of the financial situation of your company. Um, and, and, um, so reviewing last week, we talked about the statement of cash flows. Um, uh, the profit and loss statement is where profit is identified in a small business or any business. Um, also called the revenue, uh, the, the, um, uh, oh my gosh. I'll have to get back to you on that. Why am I having a brain flame out? The profit and loss statement, um, uh, is what we need to look at, uh, and, uh, so we need to plan for profit and, and then act on the plan. And, and I want to just say flat out, hope is not a strategy. So it is important to understand these numbers. And if they're not what you need them to be, if you're not profitable or your profits are too low, you need to take the action required to develop a plan. Uh, well, the first thing you need to do is own it, own the fact that you're not profitable. Don't be scared of it. Don't let it paralyze you. Um, just say, okay, that's where I am in this moment. I'm not profitable right now. So what do I need to do about it? Create a plan, act on the plan and, uh, and expect it to be work. I mean, getting from nonprofit or not nonprofit, but getting from unprofitable to profitable can be hard work. Um, when, when I, uh, uh, took over directed energy in 2004. Um, we were burning a lot of cash and, uh, we were in a, a cycle that was it. We had built, built up a relationship with our at the time parent company. Um, we were still independently operated, but we were dependent on them. And I took over in 2004 in the second quarter or, or so I called the CFO and said, Hey, we need to, to, uh, get a transfer of funds. And he said, yeah, we need to fix that. And, um, what he was, he basically said is we need you guys to be operating independently, uh, or, or financially independent. We were operating independently. We weren't, we just weren't financially independent. And so that put a pretty big kink in our culture at, at, uh, directed energy at the time, because we had become accustomed to a specific behavior. Um, and with, with the best of intentions, the influx of cash from, from corporate was part of the benefit of being acquired in the first place was that they would have cash to, 
to invest and help us build the business. Well, okay, 2004, we got acquired in 2000, well, in 2000. So four years, the CFO was kind of like, all right, we've done four years now. It's time for you guys to do something. Well, um, the, the changing from that environment to a, a completely financially independent environment was hard work. It took us 18 months um, to get profitable. Now we did have, um, uh, we were able to basically make adjustments in the business and stop uh, accepting cash from corporate, but it took a long time to go from that negative cash flow to profit and it was hard work. And so it is hard work. It can be. Um, but it also in, in the circumstances where you don't have that resource, like we, like we did, um, uh, it becomes even more critical that you understand and own the financial system, uh, the financial position of your company so that you can make the corrections you need to make. Um, and, uh, so in keeping with that, with understanding your PNL and taking action on it, on a, on, I would certainly recommend looking at everything monthly and at the, at a bare minimum on quarterly, um, if, and I would only do it quarterly if your business is very stable. Um, I have never worked in a, in a business that was very stable. So I've always looked at financials on a regular basis because the numbers do a lot of this. Um, I don't have, I've never been in a business where the revenue was just nice and smooth. Um, so if you have the benefit of having that kind of environment, maybe you can get away with a quarterly review. I wouldn't recommend it even then, but you might be able to get away with it. Um, but you don't want surprises to, or you don't want your financials to catch you by surprise. Um, the last thing I want to touch on real quick is the, uh, uh, concept of understanding the competitive landscape and the competitive prof profitability for your business type. So doing a little bit of research and understanding what other businesses in your industry and area, uh, how much profit are they getting? Now this can be really hard with small businesses because we don't have to report anything to the public. So it's not likely that you're going to be able to walk over to your competitor and say, Hey, what's your profit margin? Uh, but it is important to start doing research, uh, to try and find out what's reasonable. Um, and because you may be looking at, at products and services at a certain profit margin that, um, is unreal are unrealistic, or you might've created a new way of doing business that can enable you to compete in a way that, uh, other people don't, don't do and, and can give you a competitive advantage in a market. Um, both of those things can happen, but it's important to understand what that competitive landscape looks like from the perspective of profitability. How much margin do you expect? If you're a grocery store, you're going to expect maybe 4% gross margin. If you're a, if you're a, uh, you know, a, a luxury, uh, car dealer, you might have a different expectation, but you need to understand what that looks like so you can plan your business. And, uh, and, and then, then once you understand that you use the value added principle of business to differentiate yourself from the competition. And I kind of touched on that already. 
um, and then use communication to share that value with the, with the world, with your customer base. So I think um, profitability is, is, you know, it's a measure and it's a number, but we don't want to get consumed with the idea that that's all it is. It's not just a number. It's, it's, it's takes part. It's not just a result of good marketing or a result of, uh, you know, the economic environment. Profitability has to get planned. We have to work on it. Like we work on any other part of our business, um, and, and look at it in terms of, you know, is this product profitable? Is this service profitable at the level we need it to be? And why? Why is it not? Why is it? Um, so it's really important to understand the, the value of profit in, in terms of the things we need profit for so that we can feel good about having it, good about um, uh, making profit, and then also use the concepts of profit, the things that put pressure on uh, the upward pressure on profit, what we need as a business that puts upward pressure on profit, but what the competitive landscape and our customers need that put downward pressure on profit. How do those affect our product development, our pricing, our, our customer service? All of those things come into and marketing, you know, the, the differentiation of our product and offering versus somebody else's. So, that's profit in a nutshell. Uh, next week, episode 48, we're going to talk about, uh, I, I want to touch a little bit on uh, when and why consultants use consultants. Um, as a consultant myself, obviously, um, I feel there's value there. And I want to talk a little bit about, you know, when do I use consultants? Um, and I think that'll be kind of interesting. I hope so. And uh so our vision at Beyond 50% is uh, that small business ownership and success should be the rule, not the exception. We develop actionable solutions to help small business owners cultivate practical business knowledge in, so that they can act with informed purpose to improve business outcomes and uh, get the best uh, out of their entrepreneurial journey. Uh, visit beyond50percent.com for more information and contact us to schedule a complimentary one-on-one -on -one with a kindred spirit to see how we can help you benefit more from your entrepreneurial uh, endeavors. We're live on t at 10 a.m. on uh, Thursdays, we're up and to the right, Mountain Time. If this video was helpful to you, I, uh, please share it. Uh, if it, uh, share it, subscribe, hit the bell so you get notified when we go live. And, um, Aside from that, thank you for watching. It's time for me to get back to work.